after 28 years, isn't this what we've all been waiting for? To be together under the same roof? Yes. I just imagined a bigger roof with turrets. Welcome to Storybroke. Miserably ever after. I am thrilled to finally get the backstory for Shmi's hat. Mads! <laughs> And I'm itchy, itchy, itchy all over. Elaine! <laughs> Why are you itchy? I switched generic brands of my antihistamine, and I guess that it doesn't have the thing that makes the other one habit-forming, so I'm itchy all over. Um. Like, it's the, supposed to be the exact same medicine, but it's, like, from CVS to Walgreens or something like that, and I've been itchy every day since swapping. Oh, I take, um... I take Zizol, but I take the generic version of that, and it seems to be good. Yeah, but then I'd be super, super itchy because uh, Zyrtec is, um, what's, the, what's the word for? Habit forming? Yes, habit forming. I was going to say clingy. Oh, not, not Zyrtec, Zizol. No, I, I, take, I take the generic of Zyrtec, which is habit forming, which um, if I forget to take it by noon, then I like my f- little finger will start to hitch. I'll be like, well, that's weird. Uh... This episode brought to you by the concept of spring. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is spring in our state, folks. Spring has sprang. Spring sprang. Uh, we got a wind advisory today. It was supposed to be thunderstorming uh, an hour ago, did it? No, and I was super disappointed because I was kind of hoping it would get out of the way before we started recording because I just have this feeling it's now going to start while we're like halfway through. Ooh, mood sounds. And also, just so everyone knows, in our area of the country, spring is just like a trip into into summer. Like we trip and we fall and we're in summer. That's spring. Yeah, it's it's, – honestly, it feels like um, if you have – if you have breasts, like on a hot day, you know that area, like between your chest, stomach, and your mm-hmm. boob, mm-hmm. it's like that outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, for 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 our our, our penis Un- having until folks, October. Yeah, for the rest for the rest of us, it's uh oh god, I just revealed to the audience that I have a I have a dong. Oh my god, but yeah, it's it's like it's like ball sack sweat. It's just like being behind, <laughs> just like tucked up in there. But every time you walk outside. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're we're pretty lucky in our spring though because we have the gentle, you know, the highs only get as high as like 89. It's nothing bad. <laughs> it's going to be yeah, like the upper 80s, low 90s with like 100% humidity. A I nice love this cool time of year. 89 degrees and 100% humidity with pollen. Uh, I am looking at a job in Austin, Texas. Um I'm looking at You said jobs. you would never uh yeah but you said you would never i know i get it no i get it out um the pay's good and uh it's it's less humid there but it's also in a uh but it's uh, it's completely on the other extreme it's dry but i like the dry (laughs) burn bands more often than we do there I have a I have a mold allergy, y'all, and I live in oh, the south. Fair. I live in I live in you know a, a tropical climate, so I'm just congested year round. Subtropical, tropical. Subtropical. Yeah. Well, give it some time. I know. <laughs> I'm aware. I have to sell my house to Aquaman. I want you to sell your house to me. No, that's a, that's a good I can't Harrison. Buy your house. 
I, I don't think we can afford our house now. <laughs> no, <laughs> we are very, both you and I are lucky we bought our houses when we did. Oh my God. Ooh. It sucks. No. Cause um, like, like uh, my family, my mom, where she lives, her property taxes now are higher than my mortgage. Hmm. Cause Texas doesn't have an income tax. They have property taxes. So she bought her house. She's lived there for forever. And now she's like, hey, my home is paid off. But now I'm paying more than a mortgage and property taxes. I hate it. <laughs> That's gross. Yeah, it's it's fucked up. Um, Speaking of humid small towns. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> today we are discussing Once Upon a Time, Season 2, Episode 11, The Outsider. The outsider. And I got to get this out of my, I got to get this out. Like the very start of the episode, the very last shot of the episode made me die laughing. And I'm like, oh, explaining to Shay why it's so too, funny. Me too. <laughs> Cause it's like, if you don't have the context that people can't find this town and no one just stumbles into it, it is so freaking funny to just be like, Oh God, the Pennsylvanians are here. I had I laughed for a different reason. Would you like to know now or would you like to wait till we're talking about the end of the episode? I'll just tell you now. The car that hits Hook is an Impala, so he was hit by a deer. Oh. <laughs> I burst out laughing. That takes it. me back to the time when I totaled a late model Impala. Oh, I, I I drove I drove an, a 1978 Impala for a couple of years. It was my dad's car, um, and it wasn't it wasn't as fancy as it sounds because the previous owner took very good care of it. He did. He took immaculate care of it. It only had like a few hundred miles on it because he only the only time it drove outside of my hometown was when it came home from the dealership. Unfortunately, um, when the paint started to flake, because it was a 78 model, so when the paint started to flake, he decided to paint it himself. So he bought the, um, the that beautiful mint green paint specifically from the dealership to perfectly match it, and then painted it himself with a brush. <laughs> See, I drove my dad. It had brush strokes in it, Mads. <laughs> The car had brush strokes from the oh. big, he used oh. a brush. He used a house painting brush. Like you could see the brush strokes in the car. And so if you parked it under a crepe myrtle, like my father did, it collected dust in the grooves in the car. So that's, and Impalas look very different now than they did in the seventies, but I still recognized it. <laughs> I, I love that. That I, that makes me happy as hell. <laughs> that was the car that I drove in high school. <laughs> uh, One of them. I in high school I had a I had an eighty seven Dodge Ram. Nice. Single yes. cab and <sighs> I would. I was the only one of my friends who could drive, so I was driving. You know, everyone everywhere, and also my mm-hmm. brother. And so it'd be like four of us crammed into the single cab, die. <laughs> Just like, thank God we were all you know like skinny little babies. You met Betsy, right? My nineteen eighty four F one fifty. Oh yeah, stepside miss, with a I cedar miss, wood bed. I miss her. I miss her. I, I miss her. I miss your truck. I, I miss, miss my truck. truck. I miss your truck the same way I miss my uh, Crown Vic. I would never actually drive it. It's not safe, but I miss it. <laughs> oh, God. Remember yeah. the time my headlights went out? That was fun. <laughs> We've both had old vehicles that we loved. I miss my Crown Vic. That was a land yacht, ladies and gentlemen. 
it was white with chrome detailing. It was it was uh And none it, of these cars are cars you want to be hit by in the middle of the night at a town border. Oh god, no, no. No, so you do not. Before we get distracted any further, um, because <laughs> this is what we do, and it's late at night, so our ADD is everywhere. Um Oh yeah, I've been so hyper focused today because I've been working on a website. So like keeping me on track is going to be. Oh god, the face Elaine is making at me. Yes, let's do the thing. <laughs> okay, here is the. It's not a basic plot. Here's the whole plot. Once upon a time, Belle found herself itching for a little adventure to get her mind off of her breakup with Rumpelstiltskin, Dreamy who had just made plans to run away with Nova, convinced her to join a rowdy group of would-be heroes in a quest to slay a terrible Yaogwai in a distant village. Wishing her luck, he gave her a vial of fairy dust. Unlike the dark magic she'd grown accustomed to, he eased her mind and promised her that this type of magic was used for good deeds. Belle took her brain and her books with her on a quest, where she was immediately bullied about being smart and being a girl. As she was the only one who could read Chinese, she was ordered to tell the group what she'd discovered from her book about the monster, just to be kicked off the wagon and abandoned after answering. Luckily for her, and the Aogwai, she lied and sent them in the wrong direction. She quickly tracked down the monster's cave in a day, but accidentally woke it up. As it chased her, an arrow whizzed by and the Aogwai fled. Mulan appeared to harass Belle about getting in her way, as she's been tracking the monster down for weeks and had finally found it. Believing Belle's single day of tracking to be some kind of beginner's luck, Mulan rejected Belle's offer to help save her village and told her to stay out of her way. Later, in that village, Belle was accosted by the men she'd sent on a wild Yalgwai chase. Mulan arrived to fight them off, putting another notch or two in her men who don't like being beaten by a girl tally. She then belatedly accepted Belle's offer for help, having come to her senses after taking some time to cool down and realizing she could really use Belle's specific kind of help. Unfortunately, Mulan was injured in the fight with the bullies, so when she and Belle finally tracked down the monster, Mulan could not go on to slay it. She told Belle to believe in herself and to go down there and slay the Algoi for the safety of the village. When you find something worth fighting for, you keep fighting for it. Weekly, well, reluctantly, sorry, the weekly comes later. Reluctantly, Belle did and was able to use her brain to defeat the Yaogwai without killing it. Weekly, the Yaogwai took the opportunity to communicate by writing, Save me in the dirt, which is the same message he had been put blazing into fires all across the landscape. When she used the fairy dust on him, he transitioned into Prince Philip, who had been cursed into the form of a Yaogwai by Maleficent in order to keep him away from his sleeping beauty, Aurora II. As he was injured, she helped get Prince Philip up to where she'd left her other injured friend, Mulan, and asked him to make sure they both got medical attention. After a very brief introduction and farewell, it seemed as though Belle had used up all of her good brainness, and she said her farewells and walked off alone into the woods to head home from a distant land, where she was promptly captured by the evil queen. Meanwhile, in Storybrooke, the townsfolk bury and mourn Dr. Archibald Hopper. After the burial, Leroy voices his opinion. After the burial, Leroy voices the opinion of his crew. They want to go back to their own world, and they're worried about what might happen if someone from outside of Storybrooke came to visit and saw magic happening. Snow White 
tries to convince Charming that they should buy a house since her apartment is starting to get a little bit cramped. But Charming agrees with the others and wants to go back to reclaim the home they already had, which is not at all what Snow wants. Unconcerned with the cricket and the small folk, Mr. Gold has bigger fish to fry. After forcing Mr. Schmee to be his unwilling guinea pig, he has successfully found a potion that will allow him to cross the town border without losing his memories. All he needs is to pour it onto the item that is most precious to him. A shawl? A shawl? A shawl <laughs> that belonged to his son, Balefire. Although there's not enough potion for Belle to accompany him, she's supportive and excited that he'll finally be able to set out on his quest to reunite with his son. Across town, Hook tortures information out of Archie. While he doesn't know anything about the dagger, he does know another weakness of Gold's. As Belle enters the library, Hook is there waiting for her. She manages to escape into the elevator, where she calls Gold for help. By the time he arrives, Hook is nowhere to be seen. She asks him why Hook wants revenge on him so badly, and Mr. Gold tells her most of the story about how Hook lost his hand and he lost his wife, leaving out a crucial detail or two about how Mila died. But when they get back to the shop, the whole place has been ransacked, and Bay's shawl has gone missing. Mr. Smee gives Hook the shawl. I have such a hard time saying Smee, Shmee. It's Smee without the I know it's. I know it's Smee. I know it's Smee, but I have a hard time pronouncing it. I don't know why. Mr. Smee gives Hook. Mr. Smee gives Hook the shawl and prepares to leave town. Unfortunately, a vengeance-bound Gold finds him first and turns him into a rat. Belle, upset that she's basically useless, cleans up the mess at the library and discovers that Hook dropped a ship's knot in their scuffle. She identifies it with a nautical book and deduces that the ship must be in the harbor. She heads to the docks and sees nothing. Specifically, she sees seagulls sitting atop nothing above her and hears nothing that specifically sounds like a creaking ship. Using her quick wits, she finds the steps and makes her way aboard. She promptly finds and frees Archie, who's alive, sending him to find Mr. Gold while she stays to look for the shawl, just as Hook returns. Hook tells her the true story of how Mila died at the hands of Rumpelstiltskin, but Belle insists that she still sees good in him. And then she uses that smarts to bonk Hook on the head and escape. On deck, Gold has arrived, just as a very fast Hook corners her again. Hook gives Bella first hand, pun intended. Ooh, that's supposed to be that's supposed to be Gold. Gold gives Bell a first hand demonstration of how he nearly bludgeoned her father to death. As Hook taunts him about his dead wife and his cowardice, Bell somehow manages to convince Gold to let him live and get on with his quest for his son. Now that they've recovered the shawl, did I get it right? Yes, this was this was supposed to be. Yeah. yeah, sorry. They go to the town line, and the potion works! Mr. Gold is able to cross with his memories intact. They very precariously congratulate each other over the town line, ignoring the obvious danger of such a game. Just as they're about to smooch, ew, Belle is shot by Hook and falls over the town line, immediately forgetting who she and Gold are. Just as Gold is about to fireball Hook, a car comes blasting across the town line, hitting Hook and then crashing. Also, Archie arrives at the Charming residence alive and well. Henry guesses they should probably tell Regina that they know she didn't kill him after all. 
so that's a lot. That that's it, it that's was, a lot of episode. I apologize for the long summary. That was as as clearly as I could summarize it without getting super vague, and some of it was still super vague. I don't know. <laughs> it's the so the lot happens in this episode. There were um, there were at least four. Uh, there were at least four storylines in this one. So. Yeah, there's a lot happening. I I do feel that on the whole. It was still really strong, though, because it's oh, like yeah, yeah. all the storylines were nice and tight, and that felt good. Because we've had episodes where they're trying to do a lot of storylines, and it was a clustered mess. I'm thinking of like, the Valentine's one in particular. Yeah, I enjoyed this one. This was, again, this is Belle's best episode, possibly in the entire series. Um, I enjoy this until the very until end. This point, until the very end. I hate um, it. I hate it so much. I have I have a couple of notes about Belle towards the end of this episode. Um, but this is Belle's best episode. We show her being a smart lady who reads a lot and how that's a benefit and not a useless skill. She keeps getting thrown aside like these things, these skills that she has are useless. Like when she and Mr. Gold have a fight, they have a fight um, whenever he, his shop's been ransacked because the shawl's gone and he's going to go kill himself a pirate. And she's trying to convince him. No, remember you are also uh, you. You're not. You don't have to give up no. magic, but you do have to give up killing indiscriminately. You can't do a murder. I mean, I think that sh- she's she's definitely kinder than Henry in this regard because Henry's <laughs> like, you got to give up magic to be a good person. She's like, maybe just don't kill so many people. Maybe do a little less murder. Just just do less murder. Maybe maybe like yeah. roll back on the murder in mayhem. Also, I want to point out, uh, Bill still doesn't know, I assume, that Gold nearly beat her father to death because her father certainly didn't tell her. Yeah. Which would have been helpful in that last episode that she was in where she almost got thrown over the town line. Um, having a bad knee, all this makes me feel a lot better. Uh, I think when I do start to need a cane full time, I think that, uh, I'm going to get one that I can just like whack people with. Jeez. Ugh. I just like, got shivers. Ugh. Uh, I, Elaine knows cause I, I'll use it. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to, you're going to trip people with it. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to trip. I'm going to trip people with it. Um, because, uh, I, I live in, we live in a hell state. Yeah. So um, it's my only way to, it's my only way to vent. Speaking of a hell state, this. <laughs> Sorry, Speaking of a hell state, Massachusetts. But uh, <laughs> I thought they were in Maine. Maine, whatever. They're in Maine. I haven't been there. Uh, so Belle's best episode. She's actually really useful. Um, I I did find it real funny how how she finds out that there's a ship is that Hook had a monkey's fist knot just randomly on his body. That got yeah. dropped in the scuffle. Yeah. Um, just randomly. It looks like a baby's rattle. Um, I, I mean, I think that that's a very common thing. Is you just carry a knot just, around? Just keep knots around. I mean, um, Luther explained to me how um, how helpful it is because what you do is you tie it to the end of a rope and it adds weight to the end of the rope so you can throw that rope up over things and catch it on the other side. Um, so obviously you want to keep one on your person at all times in case you need to throw a rope. I think it's because uh, known bisexual Captain Hook is actually following the hanky code and he's signaling that he's into werewolves. Oh. Get it? Because it's a knot. Oh. No, I don't like it. I don't like it. Stop. No. Bad. 
Bad. <laughs> Elaine's going to get the squirt bottle. <laughs> no, I have a rolled up newspaper for your nose. At. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Belle's very smart in this episode, and we get to see her be very smart on several occasions. And she actually holds her own. She's wearing her best outfit that she ever has uh, in any episode. This is my favorite outfit of hers. Uh, her her in the library outfit, her blue iconic dress in the bar, or her super cool little rugged adventurer outfit. That one, that one. Okay, and I do like her little advent- <clears throat> her little uh, storybook outfit. This time, I would wear that so much. But the rugged adventuring outfit is the best thing she's ever worn. She looks great. Her hair is cute. I used to do my hair that way, so it makes me happy. I love her adventuring outfit. I love the cut. I love the lines. Love the material. Mm-hmm. Wish it were a dark blue. Fair. That would be more in keeping with or <laughs> or gold. Ooh. Like like the dress that Belle wears in mm-hmm. Beauty and the Beast. I would blue have loved with to gold see trim. blue with gold trim. I w- like well yeah. I would have loved to see her in something that's like more her color palette, especially because I mean those eyes. Mm-hmm. And they know because mm-hmm. even when she's in the bar and she's been ra- walking the roads and just existing as now a peasant girl in olden timey world, she still has amazing eye makeup. God, yeah. it's so precise. I'm just like, not she's every- a beautiful lady. There's some good makeup on this show, but dang, like they did, they did such a precise job on her eyeliner and on her mascara. I'm like, uh, it, it made me mentally ill. Fair. Fair. She looks she looks really good in this episode, and that's good because she is the star and the hero of the episode. Absolutely. Absolutely. Does she still do a couple of dumb things at the end that make me very mad? Yes. As as was written in the uh in the summary, when she finishes her quest, she's far away from home, right? She's far away. It's dark. She's got two people who are injured who maybe could use a little more help getting back to town. But no, she's going to peace out and go walk herself home from a distant land. Choices. 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 And so so of course she gets kidnapped. Of course she does. Yeah. And then at the end, she does the same dumb thing at the end of the episode in Storybrooke is Mr. Gold's across the line. Cool. I'm going to stand with my toe touching the paint. To wish you goodbye, because nothing bad can happen here. A stiff wind couldn't accidentally blow me over the line or anything, much less a bullet. Why is the line glowing sometimes, and sometimes it's not? It Day- felt like it was, Day it felt like it was glowing. Dayglow paint? It's, that, it's that, that bright, fluorescent red paint. Is that I orange? Could, yeah. I couldn't tell if it was like they were using dayglow paint and it reflected in some scenes, or if it was really bad editing. <laughs> like really bad like no, let's just draw a hand draw a line over this to show it's magic. No, they I, I feel like it's just you know how sometimes cameras can't with red? They, yeah, cameras absolutely. just can't with red. I feel like it's just that and that's why it looks like it's glowing. So also it's red. that day glow paint. So why that color? Huh? So that everyone would see it. But I mean, I get the the in world concept, mm-hmm. but when you're in production and you're having to think about how this is going to look on camera, you know. But I guess we can't all bothered. be we can't all be Jennifer Goodwin who insists on using <laughs> toothpaste when she brushes her teeth. I wasn't bothered by it because it, I wanted my eye to be drawn to that more because it was so dumb. 
what they were doing. It, it was, was so dumb. Was he? And I have questions too. Was he supposed to be leaving right then? Was she going to have to walk home and he was going to take the car, or was she going to drive the car home and he was going to walk to the next town and hitchhike to wherever it was he was going? I have so many questions right? about why they were still standing at the line. It was just dumb. Right. I expect this kind of stupidity from Mr. Gold because he's invincible. Also, oh, why did he? He'd already tested it, so he knew it worked. So he didn't have to stay there. He could come back. And he also had already tested it at the beginning of the episode. Well, he had to make sure that it was going to work again. Oh, I yeah, get wanting to make sure part. that it's going to work on yourself. Because um, there's always that fear that, you know, the, you know, just because you tested the parachute doesn't mean it's going to open. Which is why I will never go skydiving. Fair. Also, yeah, I'm too old. <laughs> I, yeah, no, I'm... I'd... No, I love flying. I will not fall. <clears throat> uh, I'm not... Uh... The only the only uh, thing that would have me jumping out of a plane is if I were competing on the uh, acclaimed drag program, Dragula. Yeah. Because that was one of their challenges. They had oh, to jump no. out of a plane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it was season three. That was mm. like one of the elimination extermination challenges. Uh, for, for y'all who don't know, if you watch RuPaul's Drag Race at the end of every episode, you know, they take the two lowest performing performers and make them compete against each other in a lip sync for their lives on dragula a horror filth punk rock drag kind of show um they do fear factor stuff yeah including like piercing people with needles burying them alive jumping out of a plane i love it there's nothing more exciting than watching a drag queen jump out of an airplane it's such good trash tv (laughs) if you need some trash to to just like just munch on let me tell you dracula i have a question hmm. if the library was closed why was it unlocked oh that's simple so anywho when <laughs> uh my i also want to talk about how like we're still talking about bill right we're still talking about bill i, I want to talk about the town line a bit go for it It was set up to be a big deal at the start of this season. It was set up to be the big deal. And it just got quietly solved by gold off screen. (laughs) Yes. He just, oh, by the way, I've been working on this potion. (laughs) Like... And, and like, we don't even know what went into this potion. It's very obviously easy to make because he has enough to go test it nine times. Only twice. No, he only had enough to test it the once. He tested it on Smee. And that's it. Smee, and that's why he doesn't have enough for Belle to come along. Also, what's something precious that she's got that he can pour it on? He didn't mention that. Um, the writers would make it be that chipped cup, even though. Oh, you're right. It would be the uh, chipped cup. She'd have to carry the chipped cup around with her everywhere. Which would be that would not be inconvenient. I gotta say, it's very good that all of the props that are used for this is something that I need to cross the town lines are like articles of clothing. Yeah, it's like it's very convenient. Yes. Um, I just, I'm very. I wish Bell. I wish we got this Bell more often. Yeah. And not not the end of the episode, this bell, because she was dumb dumb in both of her scenes. Oh um, yeah. When is when is Lacey? That's that's that episode. Oh, that's next, right? I don't know. Uh, I don't know if it's next or, or it's soon because she just fell over the line. Yeah. Um, but I wish we got Book Smart Bell more often and not just I'm here to be a damsel in distress to make this compli- this evil 
character, a more complicated character that you might care for. Yeah. Because that's it. She's she's there for plot convenience. Like you said earlier, bad things happen to Belle to make gold feel bad. Yeah. And she so it's the the women in refrigerators trope, except that she just keeps getting put back in the refrigerator. It's not like, necessarily her fault, except that she's dating Mr. Gold. Yeah. Everything bad that happens to her happens to her because she's with gold. And Which if is their a love story were more trope. Com- I just feel like if their love story were more compelling for me, maybe it yes. would it would bother me a little less because then it would feel like maybe this is something that she's doing because of how much she loves him. But it always seems to be happening when they're like in a rocky place already. So it's just done to rope him back in. So it's it's so disrespectful to her character. Mm-hmm. It removes any autonomy she has in any plot she's involved in. And it just it it just undermines someone who is, again, my favorite Disney princess. So, you know, yeah. like character. My favorite Disney movie growing up was Beauty and the Beast. Always has been, always will be. So it's just makes me so angry that she gets done so dirty so frequently. Yeah. Um, Elaine. Elaine being a stand for Aurora. Uh, I'm sure Aurora you're has it a little better. <laughs> she, she gets a, it's a little better for her, even though she just I stand by. She looks like she looks like she would be. She looks like a girl named Amber. Okay. I don't know what it is about her. It's just like she the does character. look like a girl named Amber. Yeah. She doesn't she look like, like she a be princess an Aurora. She just she looks look like, like. Does she look like a Briar Rose? Yes. But wasn't that her mother? I'm so confused yes, by their name, thought, how they named these girls. Like I thought Briar Rose was the mother. Yeah, maybe. So I just called her Aurora the second because this is the second Sleeping Beauty we've had. This is mm-hmm. specifically something Maleficent did to her mother. Yeah, this is, it's just like her thing. She looks more <laughs> like a Briar Rose. You're right. Yeah. Oh. I just, I, it's, it's an odd casting choice for me. I mean, I love the actress. I think she does a great I, job. I love the um, actress. I think she does a fantastic job. It's just, it's just, you know, it's just yeah. off for me. <laughs> I would have la- loved to see her in another role. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Sleeping Beauty, we get Philip back. And I forgot how much hey. I liked his accent. <laughs> it's not He's, memorable for me. He started to, I mean, it's it's another, it's an accent. I can't remember where it's from, but it's an accent and I liked it. I It's, it's that accent is part of why I have the note of, I wish we had someone on set to standardize how we're going to pronounce Yaguay. Did I say it right every time I had to say it in my summary? I have no idea. Did I say it consistently? Yes. <laughs> That's my issue. It's not that was my like, question. here's the correct, correct pronunciation. It's that every character in this episode has a slightly different accent and pronounces it differently. <laughs> it's like whenever, uh, when you're taping a... Um, a an audio drama and everyone's given their script and you record your stuff separately but the director didn't specify how to pronounce this one word before giving everyone their scripts and sending them on their way it was a little like that but they were all on set together do uh do are you ready to move on to the yao guai plot yeah we can move on to the yao guai plot Yeah. And it's so this note is like everywhere if you look up this episode, but it was like a thing I had like looked up too. It's like Yagwai isn't a specific kind of monster. It's a generic term for like a demon spirit. And it's not even necessarily like a malevolent creature. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just 
a monster. So I think it's really funny that like, they're like, oh, this is a Yaogwai when it's really like, they're just like basically saying, this is a monster, but addressing it as though they're saying, this is a specific kind of monster. It's it's like if I were, I was like, oh, we have to go. We got to go defeat the Tatai. Yeah, it's a Tatai. It's a Tatai. Like, like that's that's the word. That's a word that I've only like heard Cajun people here say and my in-laws say. So like I don't even know how to pronounce it. For the for those who don't know what a Tatai is. For those who don't know what a Tatai is, it's a Yaogwai. (laughs) (laughs) No, it can be like a bug or a monster, the thing that lives under your bed. (laughs) Or like a floaty in your water. A tatai. Well, yeah, it might be a bug. <laughs> it's gonna get you. Oh, it's just—I don't know. I was just like, can we please like standardize how we're gonna pronounce this in this? Because, dang, it's, <laughs> it's, it's also a question of like, when does the story like when it started happening? I was like, when does the storyline happen? Because it was kind of framed that oh, the that's queen what Dreamy was here for right away. Dreamy yeah. was here. Specifically, so we could pinpoint exactly when this happened. This happened immediately before Dreamy and Nova attempted to run away together. Right after they had made the plans and right before their plans were foiled by the Blue Fairy. That's when this happened. It's very specific. Yeah. Uh, also, you know when you're making, uh, whenever you're rolling a character for like D&D or something like that. And you're you're filling everything in, and they tell you to pick a language. You can pick one extra language that's not common. Yeah, and this episode, everyone picked Chinese, right? Because every all the main characters speak Chinese. Mulan, obviously. Well, she can. Uh, well, Mulan, yeah. But I was going to say, Belle can read Chinese. She does pronounce uh, what he writes whenever he writes it in the dirt for her. Yeah. She pronounces it, so she can say it out loud. Does she speak it in a communication? Like, can she hold a conversation? Probably not. But she can yeah. read it and translate it. And, yeah, it uh, seems like she can She can understand Chinese the way I can understand Spanish. Yeah. Where it's like, if it's written down, I can parse it out. I can do that with French. I can't, yeah. I can't speak Spanish at all. You know, I could it's almost like, speak oh, French, yeah. and then I gave up. <laughs> yes. Uh, but and, and the most surprising to me is Philip. Yeah, Philip can just write in also, Chinese. I mean, I, he's been running around for how many years, I guess, at this point, as as this monster. If you get turned into a Yaogwai, do you, like, suddenly learn Chinese? Well, like I said, he's been he's been running around this village. I guess he picked up enough of it by immersion, I guess. I guess so. It's just, Maybe enough people yelled it, at, yelled save me whenever he was coming by that he picked it up and then he had to learn how, to, how did he learn how to write it? Right, right. That's my thing. It's, so, it's, it's. Or he's a prince and it was one of his courtly languages. It's, I just feel like the writing being in Chinese didn't have to be a thing. You could have just been like, it's the middle ages. The villagers are illiterate. I, I, would also, <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean. Well, also, at this point, he runs up on a white girl. <laughs> Could he have just ridden Save Me? Right, because he's... <laughs> that's no. what I'm saying. Like, why? Why was he burning things? Why was he burning Chinese characters that say Save Me? Which I don't know if it actually says Save Me. I kind of want to reach out to a friend of the show who I know is fluent well, and be like, Hey, does this say does this say Save Me? Or does this say, like... Like peanut. Like, you know I, I mean? mean, 
we well whenever you do you can copy and paste it from the wiki because it has it written in the characters and written out in uh oh look at know, that english letters look at that <laughs> so you could also google it i guess google it <laughs> google it google it um <sighs> just and, yeah yeah it, it was nice for Belle to have an episode of her own and to be able to do so much for speaking, her own reasons speaking of this plot uh, did you catch that we had a recurring character in the um, the questing party? Freaking Claude. Claude, the guard who was guarding her, who Hook had to bring over to Wonderland, was in this questing party. And that's how Regina found her. Freaking oh Claude God. was one of the dudes in this hunting party. Was he was the one rem- driving the cart. <gasps> I was trying to figure out how she found her and I didn't like parse that out while I was like watching it. I was like, how did she and why here? Uh, Okay. They yelled Claude's name several times. They wanted us to know that he was there. Freaking Claude. I didn't even like process that. Another thing that they, they like to push around a lot that didn't like, again, this actress is doing a great job this whole thing, but they kept forcing her to say, oh, the last time I faced a beast, it didn't end well. Every time someone was like, oh, you can do this. You can go slay this beast. And every time she's like, oh, I don't know. The last time I was forced to face a beast, it didn't end well. I was like, girl, he just broke up with you. I, I wish I wish also <laughs> that the book had like had like maybe these are the kind of signs you can look for to track a Yao Guai. You I mean, could have. It must have because she did. Well, it just says, like, from from what we see, it's just like, it just says, they live in caves. And she's like, oh, in the mountains. And she's like, oh, okay, let me go to the mountain caves. Well, we we just go to a random forest (laughs) cave because that's that's a set we have. Um, And Mulan, who has been tracking this, doesn't know to look in caves. You know what I mean? It's just like, but Belle read look in a cave. So Belle's indispensable. (laughs) you are you are familiar, of course, with the the theory of Chekhov's gun. Yes. So there's a gun on set. At some point, you expect it's that gun go to be off. used. That gun's got to go off. Okay. So we're in the village, and Mulan is at the well, and her book is precariously precariously perched on the edge of the well, and it is like front and center. The camera wants us to know that the book is on the edge of the well, and she gets attacked right next to the book. And the whole fight scene that occurs, they keep showing the book perched on the edge of the well. And the whole time I'm waiting for that book to just go bloop. And it never did. And it made me mad. (laughs) (laughs) Something was supposed to happen to the book. Something was supposed to happen to that book. And And then she could have had a little arc about like, it's not just that I read things. I actually have a mind that can intuit things. I'm actually like intelligent, not just regurgitating information back. Yes. But. And there's nothing wrong with regurgitating information back, by the way. No, but I'm just saying that she's. She can take it and she can logic it out using what she learned. Yes. Would have, would have made, made a, given her character something more. Yes, I just kept waiting, and it didn't happen. I'm going to blame Claude. It's Claude's fault. He should have knocked that book into the well. I'm going to blame Rumpel because I hate him. Good. Because um, if not for him, she never would have been out there. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. <sighs> speaking of bad things happening to Belle because of Rumpelstiltskin, should we, uh, should we do you have anything to- more? 
Move uh, on to Storybrooke? Move on. Well, I was going to move on to Gold Snipper, but we can move on to Storybrooke if you want a lighter topic before we get on to, be- to Gold's anger. Yeah, I wanted to say one of my favorite moments in this entire episode is, you know, he referenced it. They, they, who is it? It's Marco? Yeah. At, 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 yes, at Archibald's Marco. funeral. Marco is like, you know, he's in a better place now. I, I don't remember the line offhand, but like, he's in a better place. He's moved on. And they cut immediately. <laughs> to Archie being tortured. To Archie being tortured. That <laughs> such a good cut. That was such a good cut. I laughed. So I shouldn't have laughed because someone was being tortured, obviously. Um, but yeah. Oh, and for the close-ups, they put a little they they carved a little point on Hook's hook. It wasn't the round point we normally see. It, it was a little they have like a close-up hook for these scenes, which was nice. Yes. Finally. It it seems it, was still it seems dull. new. Yeah. I still don't want to be stabbed with it. Right. But <laughs> it does seem like they have a second prop now for that or another yes. prop now for that, which is much better in close-ups because it oh, was a yeah. thing we've commented on a few times. Well, it's too dangerous to have a pointy one all like the time. Full time. Have, you met, yeah. have you met actors? Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's This is why the second they're not in the scene using the prop, you take the prop away from yes. them. Uh, <laughs> having been uh, both an actor and a backstage tech uh, in the same in the same weekend for whenever we did two shows in rep, uh, when I was a backstage tech, I could run around in the dark, jumping over set pieces with not a single problem. The night I was actually on stage, I walked backstage to change my shirt for a quick change, and then Jared had to catch me as I nearly fell over the entire like rack of clothing because I tripped on something <laughs> See, that, that I the- knew was there. I put it there the night before. That was what was great for me in the show, because like, I was in the show. I was on the opposite end. Um, my production, I got well, one costume. And I never had to change. It was great. It was great. Ah, yay! But uh, but yeah, I I do. I will. I will say that um, being uh, personally, I would agree that being tied up by Hook is being in a better place. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but not threatening to like actually murder you, and not just like fun hurt you. Eh. (laughs) It depends (laughs) on the day. <laughs> oh, listen. Dear. Oh, God. Listen. I'm listening. Look, listen. I make a lot of bad choices. <laughs> uh, also, I, I, I'm like going backwards so much, but I'm just looking at my notes of like things from early in the episode I wanted to talk about. Uh, Ruby's outfit for this funeral. Oh, man. I didn't. She was standing behind the island and I couldn't see it. She has this huge faux fur coat oh. and like a black wide brimmed hat and sunglasses yes. and then like black tights, short skirt, high boots. I'm just like, this outfit is goals. I love this. This is, I want this outfit. See, I, I, was, I will fight for this I was outfit. so taken with, with Snow White's outfit. Snow White's outfit was good. She, she, her sense of style and my sense of style at the time were very similar. Or no, let me correct that. She's what I wanted to dress like. I was watching this episode like, God, I love almost everyone's look this episode. And then I remember, oh, right. They're dressed for a funeral. Yeah. They're wearing their best. Their best and their darkest. <laughs> they're, they're, they're all wearing nice clothes in dark colors. I was like, oh, right. That's. I- 
That's right. <laughs> I appreciated that the eulogy was given by Snow White, Queen of the People. Yes. Um, the but I have queen. one burning question. Mm-hmm. Who did they really bury? Uh, probably an empty coffin. <laughs> no. <gasps> oh, oh, right. They have a body. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That just makes it worse. (laughs) That just makes it all worse. No one asks when Archie shows up at the end. They're not like, oh, who did we bury? (laughs) I'm calling the police. (laughs) Emma's the police. That's, that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I forget that Emma and, uh, Emma and uh, Charming are cops. Uh, from this point forward, because I haven't watched it the really doesn't, any minorities. It doesn't matter anymore at this point. Yeah, really. it doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. when they don't have to do a murder mystery episode. Yes. Uh, or, or arrest someone in general, you know. Or <gasps> arrest Regina, specifically. Speaking of speaking of um, things that were prominent in shots that weren't getting used. So when Belle runs into the elevator, she oh, uses she her does cell get phone. Used. Sorry. (laughs) She uses her cell phone to call Mr. Gold, but in the very front of the shot, like intentionally in front of the shot, is a telephone. It's an old timey telephone. But there it is. And it's it's obviously blatantly in the shot. It's almost blocking her. (laughs) And I was just like, could could they have tried it? Maybe they did try it in a take. I don't know. Maybe they did try it in a take and that take made it on the cutting room floor. So I'll give them that. But there it was. It's like, if only, well, maybe it's one of those things like she didn't know what a cheeseburger was. Oh, you're right. She's so been maybe, taught, she's been taught how to use the cell phone. She's been taught how to use a cell phone, but it doesn't mean she recognizes phones. That's fair. Okay. I'll give her that. Thank you. I'll, I'll take that. Uh-huh. Like. Thank you. Like let's <sighs> let's let's fix that because I can't see Belle making a dumb decision on her own other than to continue to stay with Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah. <sighs> and it's not that I don't believe that you can find good in people. It's not that I don't think that he does have some good in him. Mm-hmm. It's just that he consistently and continuously chooses mm-hmm. Not to be good, yeah, because he doesn't want to. Of the two of us, you you like a redemption story more than I. I love a redemption story, but yeah. you're you're more of a fan of the redemption story than I am. I love of a redemption of story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it's, especially uh, for villains. I'm like, why won't yeah. you just let the villain be a bad guy every now and then? Not every villain needs a sad story that makes me feel bad and understand why they're evil. And even if even if they're going to give every villain that, which is the point of the show you have regina mm-hmm. who has shown that she does struggle oh, yeah absolutely with making the right choice but does ultimately want to be good no. I, I think regina wants to be good for henry yeah at, at this stage of the show at this stage of the season i know that i know what happens the rest of the season but i do think regina does try and mm-hmm. care a lot more than gold and oh, is a gold. lot more willing to do things gold is, for the person she loves. Gold is only being good 
he he's not being good because he wants to be good. He's reluctantly doing things less badly than he would normally do them to look good in Belle's eyes because he does not want to lose her. That part I believe. I believe he does like that's the only person he has left that he loves in this world that he can find for whatever he believes that love is. And that's why it makes me so mad when they get into a fight, segue, when they get into a fight uh, after they find his shop has been destroyed. Um, destroyed's a strong word, but, you know, ransacked. Um, and he basically, without calling her useless, she's useless in this situation because he has to go fight a pirate. So yeah. she's not, she's, her particular skills are not helpful in this situation that he can see, but he doesn't say so in a kind way. And just as I'm getting very angry, he breaks down and has an emotional moment about how it's because he can't, he can't risk losing her too. He's already lost his shawl, which was his only way to find his son. She's the only important thing left in his life. And I'm like, I don't, I understand that this could be emotional manipulation, but I don't believe it is. I, I, I don't think that it comes from a place of malice, but mm -hmm. I do think he's being manipulative because he's not telling her what happened to his wife. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, geez. Well, he still and wants her to believe the best in him. Yeah. Kind of a big thing. Because he did to sort of kill his last He did murder her in cold yeah. blood. Did murder he his did, last serious relationship. You're right. He yeah. did murder her in cold blood because she said she didn't want to be with him anymore. Mm-hmm. She left him mm -hmm. and he killed her. And that is. That is bad. That is a thing that I don't think a character can be redeemed from. Because <sighs> I don't. I, I, he's an abuser. Yes. He well, is a. He is a serial abuser. I know. I know. I'm just. It just makes me so mad. So He's is Regina. So is Regina. Regina has done awful things. The same again, Graham. That yeah. that should that should make her irredeemable. If he's irredeemable, she's irredeemable. It's more. But I, I, obviously, I, I, she's not. She redeems herself, and she does. She works for it, but. I do think it's a different dynamic of Belle. It's a different dynamic of Regina, what she did to Jamie Dornan. Um, the hunter guy, I can't remember his name. Um, Graham. Graham. I just said it. <laughs> I know. It's, my brain is not good. I, I do think it's different how she reacts to, I, I think what she does to him is horrible. It's abusive. It's sexual assault. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that she's ever punished for it in the way she should she's be. She's never that punished said, for it. And she kills I, him for rejecting her. I think it's, yeah, exa it's exactly the same thing. You're right. <laughs> Sorry. But I think that going over to her, I'm thinking in terms of like her relationship with her son and him putting trust in her being better rings differently from Rumpelstiltskin abusing and killing his ex-wife and now his new girlfriend who is being put in that same situation. I, it's just different to me. I just, it, he treats her like a possession. It's like, sends yes. up all kind of red flags to oh, me. Oh, their relationship is not great. I do not like it. I apologize to all people who, who OTP this pair, um, but you're wrong. So. 
I mean, if you like it, it's your thing. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say you're a a bad person for it. It's just for me, it's extremely abusive and it gets much worse as the show goes on. It's so unhealthy. It's unhealthy for both of them. (sighs) And it's, it, it shows that he has not changed. Yeah. He is repeating the exact same pattern as he did with Mila. He's repeating the exact same pattern he did with his son, where he Mm -hmm. kept him in fear and isolation. And I mean, he is an abusive husband and father and I I shouldn't have said irredeemable, but he has not shown any desire to be redeemed. You have have to want, you have to want to change. You have to want to change for yourself. She says this all the time. You have to want to change for yourself in order to change. And he doesn't want to change for himself. He doesn't want to change for himself. He enjoys being the dark one. He likes it. He loves it. It's great. And that's the difference between him and the evil queen to me. He chose power over his son. Regina doesn't want to be the evil queen. She (laughs) feels that that is the only role she is allowed. Yes. And that's the the fundamental difference between these two (laughs) characters. And it's why I will, I will come in with the Regina apologia, you know, but I will, (laughs) I will not with, with Rumble Seltzkin because it's Mm -hmm. uh, also, he's a man and I'm uh, uh, misandrist. Just (laughs) (laughs) uh, cancel me now. Uh, I'm a virulent misandrist. It's just, I, it's it's this point of this show for me with him makes me very uncomfortable and makes me very anxious. Yes. Sorry, I'm no. way talking this episode. No, that's good. There was a lot to talk. There's a lot to talk about this episode. Um, we might not get to all of it um, just looking at our timer. And it's fine yeah. if we don't talk about everything. That's more for us to talk about on Twitter if someone wants to bring something up about this episode. Um <sighs> Let's well, see what else we got. We're also going to hit on it again fairly soon. I can't yeah. remember the episode, but with the way this ended, she lost her memory. Yes. Uh, who's Bell? Com- Who are you? Yeah. Um, can we talk a little bit about gun safety? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the reason I bring this up is whenever they're having their fight and he's yelling at her to go barricade herself in the library to stay safe and stay out of the way. Um, he gives her a gun. Now, as he gives her a gun, I have, I have held a gun before. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't necessarily been trained other than at the shooting range that I went to a couple times, but I do know that when you are holding a gun and not intending to immediately fire it, you do not put your finger on the trigger, especially Never. if you are waving it around in somebody's face for emphasis. Right. That you are that is not someone you want to shoot. So when he hands her this gun, he does so with his finger on the trigger as he talks with it. Yeah. And then hands it to her. Yeah. We see this gun again later in Belle's hands. She holds it the right way. We see this gun again later in Hook's hands. And until he aims it at her face, he's holding it the right way. Uh, <laughs> so someone was on set to give directions on how to hold a gun properly when you're not about to aim it at someone yep but mr gold did not get that memo he did not get that memo or he didn't take the direction or i I don't know it's 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 very glaring he was one trip away from being the cause of losing bell so (laughs) uh so that that uh that upset me a bit Uh, again i i personally do not do not own a gun but I have held and fired them. <laughs> so I I uh Ooh. 
I'm from Texas. Texas. <laughs> um, no, it's such a it's such a thing for me in in movies. It's, Shane and I watched um, Plan Nine from Outer Space, the Riff Tracks version, uh, again a while back, and it's like a running joke with them is that anytime someone is like holding a gun badly in a scene, mm-hmm. that they'll just hey. like randomly up, bang, and I love <laughs> yes. it. It cracks me up. <laughs> So it's now a thing that both of us do when we're watching anything. And so I was watching it the whole scene. I just kept saying it to myself. Bang. Bang. Like the the scene with, with Hook where he's intentionally threatening her with it. Yeah, it makes sense that his finger was on the trigger for that because he was going to kill her if he had to. Like that made sense. But the one with gold? No, he was just, he was, like I said, he was one sneeze away from ending Belle's life. I'm glad that Hook understands guns. Oh, he's a pirate. They have pistols. Oh, that's true. One of my uh, one of my favorite anime. I just like I'm rewatching Gurren Lagann. Uh, Gurren Lagann, and like I've talked about it with with your husband. Um, there's a scene where one of the characters who's never really seen a gun before has a gun, oh. and he's like, "I've got a gun," but he doesn't know how it works or how to use it. So he starts just banging <laughs> on a robot's hull with it. And it goes off and almost shoots him. And he's like, oh. <laughs> and it's one of the funniest scenes in the whole show. Because the, the character's an idiot. Just Google himbo and that's it. Um, <laughs> no thoughts, head empty. Nice. Big heart. But yeah, I just, uh, it's like you've never held a gun before in real life, have you? Oh, also, uh, super bravery points to Belle for having a gun literally pointed at her face and being very brave about it. Again, her best episode. It's her strongest. It's her strongest episode. And then, and then she gets told about Mila's actual death and she's like, mm-hmm. no, you're lying. And he's like, oh, yeah, try me. And it's, you know, because she wasn't. Uh, my favorite is your heart is or his heart is true. I'm like, girl. He killed his ex-wife. Girl. Ladies, I'm not going to tell you who to date, but if he killed his ex-wife, hot take, but that's a bit of a red flag. Red flag. If deal, he killed bre- his- deal breaker. <laughs> I don't know about y'all, but if he murdered his ex in cold blood for leaving him, that's a red flag. That's, yeah. Let's call it. That's a deal breaker. It's off. It's, it's off. off. Like. Oh, God. I know that that's like it's a little harsh. Good. It's just not like, ah, I understand forgiving someone of their past because they've changed as a person, but he hasn't really though. The person who needs to forgive him can't because he murdered her. Yeah. Yeah. And the other one ran away from him. Uh, wanted to, wanted to, wanted to take him with him, but then was like, well, F that guy. Yeah. F that guy. And spoilers, but that's going to be coming says, back real soon. Hook, sa- Hook even says, what makes you think he wants to be found by him? Yep. Yeah. So, oh, God. Lord. And yeah. And well, we're about to get, we're about to be seeing Balefire. I think it's safe to say that without saying it's a huge spoiler because that's his whole thing now is he's going to go find Balefire and since he solved this off screen surely he'll find Balefire within a matter of minutes <laughs> um, you know so uh, do you want to talk anything about uh, off screen Regina and Cora 
Off screen, Regina and Cora, uh, I did like the trivia that this is the first time that Regina has appeared as the evil queen, but not as Regina in That's an episode. Yeah. That's it. She just appears once at the yeah. end. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, mm-hmm. um, Mary Margaret versus everybody. The, the, the funeral has brought out feelings in lots of the townsfolk. Yeah. Um, most of them are suddenly homesick because one of theirs is gone. Um, and it's just making them think about how dangerous their life here is, especially if someone comes in and Ruby has a good point, you know, someone turning into a wolf didn't exactly go over so well in their own land. How's it going to go over here? Right. Um, But at the same time, it's like Mary Margaret's like, no, I was just there. I was just there. I'm tired of fighting. The ogres are back. Cora's in charge. I'm done. Yeah. Like she's just like, Hey, we just had a, a whole story arc about how bad and scary and dangerous Cora is and how we need to do whatever we can to make sure that she doesn't come here. Um, so why would we go where she is? Yeah. Yeah. And then Charming's like, Oh, let's go fight and take our home back. And she's like, I'm here now. I'm here now. <laughs> I do also, like the line where she, they're looking at houses. She's like, what about this one? He's like, ah, oh, the yard looks too small. She's like, you're going to say that about every house. He's like, well, I grew up on a farm. It's also just like, <laughs> yeah, we like having penicillin here, but we miss our homes. And it's like spoken as someone that is not at risk of dying in childbirth. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think the man was hatched. Oh God, we don't, we still don't know how dwarves work. <laughs> we don't know how dwarves work. We still don't know how dwarves work. He, he, did, he did hatch fully formed. So he who knows? He the beard. <laughs> He was given his name by an axe. <laughs> like, hey, hey, guy, I don't know if I'm going to trust your judgment. You got your name from an axe. You were a, after emerging fully formed from an egg. Clothes. Like, clothes. <laughs> I'm fine with that. It's magic. It's cool. But like, hey. There's no, there's no such thing as an epidural in the in the enchanted forest. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how a C-section would work there. I'm, I mean, they existed because that's the whole that's the whole uh, plot twist of Mac, of Macbeth is and, a C-section exists. <laughs> and like very clearly, uh, um, the Charmings are going to be getting Emma a sibling real soon at this rate because they're they're trying at it. Not intentionally, but they're reconnecting. good for them. They're reconnecting. That is, a, that is a euphemism if I ever said one. And you know, good for them. Yeah. No, I'm proud of them. Great job. Also, Jennifer Goodwin, whatever his name is, are two of the most fertile people on the planet, as we will start seeing in <laughs> season three <laughs> and four. Flash Dallas? Yes. 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 Uh, uh, I just, I remember watching this show and being like, was Mary Margaret pregnant for like three seasons? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many kids they have. I have to look that up. Uh, so I'll, I'll get ready. We'll be hiding that actress behind a plant a lot. <laughs> it's it's weird. It's it, I can tell that I you know it's weird to go back and rewatch this because this is her pre-pregnancy body. And uh, she looks so young. It's wild. So young. And not as, that she doesn't. As, no, as someone know. who just, as someone who recently went through this, I'm still trying to get my jowls <laughs> under control. Um, <laughs> bathing in retinol every day and i'm managing it's fine it's you know it's happening but i get it i i whatever they let the fact that they allow this actress to keep her job and still look like a woman who just gave birth made my heart so happy yeah it's fantastic um and it's she's i mean you can't do this show without 
Oh no, <laughs> she's, she's, the, she's, she's the best actress on this show. She's so good. She's uh, well, uh, she's one of the amazing actresses on this show. She, you're right. You're right. You're right. Because Lana, because mm. <laughs> Lana is fantastic. Yeah, Lana's like, fantastic. The, the two main, the two main actresses on this show are just top notch. And, and our, our other Je- Jennifer Morrison, Emma Swan, so also just like yeah, but yeah, but knocks I put it, it out of the park. She's like, she's like, it's like, it's like Lana and Jennifer Goodwin are up here, and then Jennifer Morris is she's still up there, but she's like right underneath, right. Yeah, and just same barely, with like uh, a Ruby. Um, it's like by a hair. Oh god, she's so good. Megan the Ori. actresses in this like, show are so good. The actresses in this show are so, the, the actresses in the show really are good in the so show good. Too. The cast of this show, phenomenal. We're gonna, yeah. We can't say that enough. I'm pretty sure we've been saying that since the beginning. And that's why we keep coming back for this. Also, I really liked this episode. I like this episode. Have we on gotten the whole, to that point? Have we gotten I, to that point of the show? I think so. Let me look look at my notes. If we think of anything else, we got a whole Twitter feed. Oh, I do have a oh. note that says F Rumple, but that oh, could yeah. be about anything in this that episode. That could be about anything in this oh, episode. The instant karma. Do, do we? The instant karma we talked about at the beginning of the episode of the dude getting... I know I'm misusing the concept of karma, but you know, he, he hook car. shoots, he, he shoots her and then is immediately hit by a car. <laughs> karma. Get it? Karma. Ah! It's a deer. He got hit by a deer. <laughs> uh, there he was standing in the middle of the road and he got run over by a deer. <laughs> Captain Hook got run over by a reindeer. Those Pennsylvanians. Oh, <sighs> Get you every you, time. You can't trust Pennsylvanians. They drive like maniacs. I don't know any Pennsylvanians, so please don't at me. I love Pennsylvanians. They're great. They're wonderful. I haven't met one yeah. I didn't like. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, I think that I think that's all I have for this episode. Um, best dressed. My best dressed is uh Belle's adventuring gear. My best dressed is once again Ruby because Oh god, yeah. I just rate best dressed now, I think, on how badly do I want to wear this outfit? Next best dressed. Who's your next best dressed? Because um, we used Belle. to say, when we started this podcast, we thought we were going to be giving every best dressed to Regina. And so we were going to do next best dressed. Belle's look in the library is really cute. It's really good. It's simple. <laughs> it still says who she is as a character. Mm-hmm. But I like that it's also in darker muted colors, not just because she's at a funeral, but I feel like it's visually to show that she's kind of under Mr. Gold's influence. Yeah. Because she's wearing the burgundies and the golds and and the the deep um navies that he normally wears on screen. Mm-hmm. Well who's and buying so, her clothes? As who's we've seen for her clothing. Him. Mm-hmm. Literally he just has clothes in her size on hand. Well yeah. Well, he's been pining for her this whole time, so he's been still collecting. Creepy. Still so, creepy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't even think it needs a still. All right. So, um, how are we rating this one today? Four hit and runs out of five. Hit and runs. Oh, he doesn't run. The dude winds up in the hospital, I think. <laughs> we'll see next episode. Yeah, no, he didn't go anywhere. Yeah, um, no. He didn't go anywhere, obviously. Um, I I thought this was a four out of five for me. I think it was I a strong episode. It was great to watch. It was not quite perfect. And I hated that it ended with Belle suffering double consequences for mm-hmm. being in proximity to gold. Yeah. 
This one is a, I'm going to, hmm, you make some good points. And this is almost a 5-5. Five, five. Okay. I enjoy this episode so much. If it's a 5-5 five, five for you, it's no, a 5-5 five, five for you. No, it's, it's not quite because Bumple, Bumple knocks it down to a 4.5 for me. Bumple Specifically and the, Bumple. the really bad CG of when the, uh, <laughs> when the Yagwai is riding the Chinese characters on the ground. Oh. That Bell can read upside down, I guess. I don't know. It's <laughs> that plot. That's fair. That's fair. These yeah. are all good points, which is I take I take your points into consideration before making my own uh, valuation also, of this. Also, I get that it's primetime television, but when he turns back from being a monster and he's like wearing a full suit of armor, cowards. <laughs> well, that's what he was wearing when he was cursed. I get it. Cowards. No, I, get it. I get it. Okay. Um. Well, that's what we've got. That's it. That's our that's, that's our show. That's our show. Uh, we uh, are happy to be back. And Very happy our to be back. next episode is in the name of the brother. Also, the fun fact, this is called brother. The Outsider, and we never see The Outsider in this whole episode. The Outsider is just the character that appears at the very end. Not even, not even him. His car appears. So I thought, like, at first I thought that The Outsider was Hook. But I was wrong. Mm. It's the guy who hits Hook with a deer. I, I will also say that this is one of the more highly rated episodes of the season on IMDb. It's um, so good. We will be immediately diving into some of the lower rated episodes of well, the season. <laughs> I was looking at, I, I was on the wiki and I was looking at the US viewers uh, mm-hmm. tally on the side. And this one had the, the, the cricket game. Like they all had like similarly high numbers, and after this one, the viewership dropped. I don't know what else started playing at the same time that may have taken the viewership away, but it huh. dropped significantly. I, I will say this: this show almost did something that I really, really hate when a TV series does, which is when the audience has more information than the main cast, mm-hmm. and we have to wait for them to catch up to us for a long time. And is that the and Archie's dead? That's Archie's dead. Yeah. We I'm spend a we lot of time watching everyone process Archie's death, which is frustrating knowing he's not dead. Mm-hmm. Yes. But at least we didn't spend most of the season on it. We took yeah. what? Two episodes. We did two episodes. We, we did, did last two episode, this episode. That's it. So it was, it was over. It was over and done with before we could really complain about it too much. Oh, and I just thought of a much better rating system. Oh, I should have said four out of five sad Pop-Tarts. Uh, you know what? That's better than hit and runs. <laughs> four out of five sad Pop-Tarts. Four out of five That's, sad Pop-Tarts from both of us, yes. It's another thing that just felt very, that felt very real to me. Yes. Yep. You know, as someone that has been dealing with some grief and just oh. being like, here, oh, have that's, some food. That's the one more thing. One, Let's end on a sad note. That's one more thing I want to point out. Whenever Henry's sitting by himself on the phone, and what he's doing is he's calling Archie's voicemail to hear his voice. Um, that is a very real thing uh, that happens. I was once in given uh, charge of a cell phone for a business that used to belong to the predecessor who had passed away. And one day I received on that phone 
a very sad text message from a person who missed him. And I had to be the one to text back and say, hey, bud, yeah. this is yeah. a business phone. I'm so sorry. And we, we talked about we talked about his friend um, after the fact. But it's a very real thing that happens. And Absolutely. that broke my heart to see. Yeah. Quick, find something happy to talk about. Um, I still get mail for that person. For that, that yeah. Group. Sorry, uh, that's not happier. <laughs> sorry. Um, let me see. Uh, happy note. Happy note. Uh, I still am entertained by reading gives you magic tracking skills. <laughs> yes. Uh, <sighs> I was like, I learned a long time ago. Uh, hold on, wait. I read it. Bell learned to never give up on what's worth fighting for. Unfortunately, she has very bad taste. I actually have a question for our audience before we before we wrap yeah. this up. Um, do would you all like us to talk about the symbol that's in the credits at the beginning of each episode? We don't really talk about it much. I, I feel like it's a little on the nose, but it is it is one of those things about the show that I do think is neat that they mm-hmm. always have a little a little teaser in the uh, opener. I, yeah. I usually just don't bring it up unless it's something really cool, like when they showed the clouds and magic had returned. You yes. know. But, that's cool yeah. yeah all right let us know how you feel about that send us a tweet um tweet, tweet. we also have email but yeah. i don't check it I, I haven't checked it in a minute i'm gonna do mm. that this afternoon hey there we go well on that note thank you so much we're happy to be back uh this has been story broke miserably ever after this has been story broke miserably ever after a Your Pretty Friend production. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate and review us almost anywhere fine podcasts are downloaded. You can also follow us on Twitter at StoryBrokePod. This episode has been made possible thanks to the love and support of our spouses and listeners like you. Thank you.